you know, I found myself and I noticed a lot of people were lost in darkness. And throughout my life, I've encountered uh, candlelights, uh, hence the uh, title of my book, uh, which serves a dual meaning, but we can get to that uh, later. <laughs> but I've met a lot of people who um, were, um, some people call them angels. I like to call them candlelights. They've thrown a light when I was lost in darkness and I wanted to write this book really just to share my story with my three boys uh, so that they can share it with their kids when they have kids. Hey everyone, this is Sean and I just want to say thank you for listening to the Meaningful Revolution podcast. The response to the launch has been really, really amazing and I could not have done this without you and the amazing guests that have been on the show. So. Um, you know, from people sharing with me that they've started journaling, they've started a gratitude journal, or people really loving the episodes with Nicole and the Power Ritual or James about making that really huge connection to education. There's been a really huge output. It's been a little bit overwhelming. It's been very humbling. It's been very, um, felt very grateful for all the folks and all the work that we've done. So uh, with that said, if you guys have any questions, if you guys have any comments you want to start talking about and discussing the Meaningful Revolution with like-minded folks, I wanted to say that there's a community that I've set up for us to encourage each other, to inspire each other, to act, to inspire each other, to put our good out into the world and have that supportive community. And you can go to Sean Butter or community.seanbutner.com or check the link below the show notes of this episode uh, to, to get involved. It's a free community. Um, you just make sure you adhere to the guidelines or I'll, I'll get you kicked out of there right away. But um, I just wanted a space for us to be working on this together and to really, you know, make this meaningful revolution as we define new meanings from technology or how we work and as things evolve and really find what lights us on fire and pushes us to do good in the world. You know, I just wanted a place for us all to come together. So uh, if you're interested, again, go to community.seanbutner.com, which is below this video. And I'd love to see you there and cheer you on. You can ask me any questions or anything. So thank you so much for the, the, the support, for the encouraging words, and for being an amazing part of this meaningful revolution. Today's guest, Majid, was born in Lebanon and lived in the Middle East before moving to California. He pursued college degrees in liberal arts and science. He's passionate about languages and always has been a dreamer. His first writings were a book of love, a, well, a book of love poems in French. Uh, he recently published his very fantastic memoir, Candlelight, um, from his experience of growing up during the Civil War in Lebanon. Uh, he's also a nature lo lover, just hiking, biking, tends to his garden. Um, where his loved ones are, where he finds peace. Uh, his philosophy is unconditional love, passionate kindness, and heartfelt honesty. Something I've experienced all three of from my good friend Majito. Um, so, Majito, welcome to the Meaningful Revolution. Podcast. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. It's an honor. Uh, thanks. Likewise. So, um, you know, today we're going to be talking about finding the light around you, you know, positivity. And so I'm really curious, uh, why do you love nerding out about this topic and how did you get into it? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, we are all products of our experiences and 
I grew up in a civil war in Lebanon um, around age of 12 through 15. So when I was a teenager and, 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 and an older child, and uh, my mom uh, raised us by herself. I have a younger sister, um, and uh, she uh, she took on a lot, a lot of on, on her shoulders. So um, my dad um, had to move out of the country to find work. So it wasn't his choice. He was unemployed, couldn't find jobs. So he needed to support us. He eventually emigrated uh, to the United Arab Emirates in Abu Dhabi. Uh, eventually, we reunited with my dad, which was wonderful, um, uh, where I spent my high school in Abu Dhabi before emigrating uh, here uh, to the United States. So, you know, I found myself and I noticed a lot of people were lost in darkness. And throughout my life, I've encountered uh, candlelights, uh, hence the uh, title of my book. Uh, which serves a dual meaning, but we can get to that uh, later. <laughs> but I've met a lot of people who have um, were, um, some people call them angels. I like to call them candlelights. They've thrown a light when I was lost in darkness. And I wanted to write this book really just to share my story with my three boys uh, so that they can share it with their kids when they have kids, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and then I realized that it shouldn't be limited to just my family. This is, a, this is something that the world needs to know about, that whenever you need help, if you're lost, there's always a light shining for you. Oh, amazing. So through, I mean, so the, the Civil War in Lebanon, like I don't know too much about it being a bit younger, um, but having read, I haven't read your full book yet. I actually got back, um, my wife, uh, was away for a little bit and took it. So working through it now, but some of the stories that I, you know, have read so far have been truly amazing. So it, do you, uh, have a trick or do you have, is it a mindset and belief that you'll find the candle that's lit <laughs> or you know, is it a process or is it, uh, what, what goes on behind yeah, the scenes? That, that's a great question. You know, I'd like to say it's really easy to always be optimistic and always be smiling, but it's not. There are days that are, are extremely hard. Uh, you know, I have a full-time job and some days are very stressful, I deal with hard clients sometimes. Yeah. Easy ones, probably listening <laughs> to this podcast. I love them all. Anyway, I, <laughs> and sometimes things happen, you know, uh, somebody gets sick in the family. It's really difficult, but, but it's training myself to remember that I was in a situation that was much worse um, uh, in my life uh, when, you know, bombs are falling on, on our building. We were stuck in the basement or, you know, my mom passed away uh, of cancer after battling it for two years. So, and eventually we emerge, right? So it's just reminding myself and reminding my kids when they have a hard day and, and my spouse, my friends, that things will always turn out to be okay. So that helps. Right on. So is, is it more of that perspective of like, things could be bad or is it just kind of like, there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel at some point? The things are always, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. There is. And there are sometimes multiple lights. There's, uh, it's just to hold on to that and gravitate to it, right? We tend to, I mean, some of us tend to uh, be more negative than, than others, but it's, and it's okay as long as you just start slowly changing that mindset and focusing on the positive. 
And it's amazing because it's really contagious. I believe in that contagious positivity. <laughs> I love that phrase. And I'm also uh, a believer in optimism and the power it can bring in difficult circumstance. So um, I'm, I'm curious then, you know, so this all like your story started in Lebanon in the Civil War. And I imagine you weren't initially optimistic and, and you know, had this positive, like, hope for the future, hope, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, could you tell a little about, bit about how maybe it, you struggled to do that? Or was it pretty immediate where, like, you were no, always I, optimistic right off the bat? You know, I was always a positive kid. I've always was very smiley. Even at work, people say, why do you always smile all the time? You know, it's not... <laughs> Not that I'm always happy, it's just, you know, it's an attitude. But when I was a child in the war in Lebanon, it didn't dawn on me what was happening. I couldn't grasp the situation. It was just routine. Some people in New England have uh, snow days, and in Lebanon, we had bomb days, right? You had a, you, bombs would fall, and then schools would close. It was just, I didn't know that other people experienced something different. I'm, I didn't come to the realization until I became a teenager, so 14, 13, 14, and I started observing my mom more carefully and seeing how she reacted. Uh, she, she, yeah, she, she chain smoked, uh, which is how she dealt with uh, the stress of not knowing if her kids are gonna come back from school, if, you know, we came, went to the beach and we, you know, she didn't, she couldn't contact us, uh, so, I started uh, observing my mom more carefully, and I've um, and I started taking on some of her stress. But in the end, I've also observed the family members, the neighbors that came together and helped each other out. So whenever mom, my mom needed something, our neighbor would go uh, to the supermarket or the grocery store to get us something. It was too dangerous, but you know we had some pretty brave neighbors that that did that for us. Uh, my uncle, wow. my, my paternal uncle came down after we our building got bombed and he took us um, to my paternal grandmother's house uh, and, and village uh, in, in Lebanon. So uh, that's another chapter in the book. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's almost like unimaginable, you know, if you haven't experienced that type of dangerous environment um so i i so it seems so you're pretty positive you just didn't notice what was going on and then you know you had the the model of people that were stressed out and then how people handled it or stepped up and, and it sounds like there's like a huge community aspect to positivity right or Absol the candlelight absolutely i think it's probably part of the culture too in lebanon that it has been resilient for so long. The civil war in Lebanon lasted from 1975 to 1990. So, and my story mm. is from 1980 to 1984, 84, 85. So it's right smack in the middle of the war, but the country has gone through and is still going through uh, not, not a war, but an economic depression. And, but they've always compared the country and Beirut, the capital, to the phoenix that rises from the ashes. That's something that we've been told uh, since we were kids, that Beirut's been destroyed six times or, or, or so, and wow. it's been rebuilt. 
some of some of the destruction wasn't war related but it was uh, uh, it's on a uh, it's earthquakes that that have destroyed Lebanon uh, Beirut uh, at least once I have to I have to do some research about that <laughs> double check yeah so yeah wow, okay so it's ingrained in, in 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 our culture that you just get back up and you rise and there are songs that have been have been uh, sung by many artists in Lebanon that talk about Beirut rising uh, and so I think I mean there's no alternative you either rise or you just stay down and mm-hmm. you can't stay down so it's just uh, the natural reflex uh, for the you know to to seek light like a plant you you go up right oh that's I okay I, I love I love that idea of like the cultural resilience of the, the Phoenix Beirut as is, is the Phoenix and yeah I the very human thing of like you have a choice you know it's it's take the punch and stay down or like get up and figure out the, you know the, the way forward yeah um, Sean it's also like seeking help right you know sometimes it's not mm-hmm. all you know it's it's reaching out to people and saying that you're in pain that you're lost that you're depressed that you're sad that you're angry it's okay and people will listen right maybe not everybody will listen you don't need everybody to listen you just need one candlelight that's it <laughs> right on so the candlelight is this metaphor for a lot of <laughs> different sources of light i guess sources ways forward right sure sure. um so community it's resilience it's a bit of tenacity it sounds like um from what we're talking about here uh so i'm curious then like from this experience from seeing the candlelight and, and you know having this belief that you know there's light at the end of the tunnel that you can find your way through darkness um, have there been any ways where you've been able to, and this is going to sound kind of clumsy, um, but like, have you been able to like use it to create opportunity for yourself or your family or for what you do for work, um, uh, because you've had a, a different path and you have the, this guiding philosophy? Oh, absolutely. I've, I'm a project manager at work. So um, we deal with uh, schedules and budgets and scope, right? That's uh, that's pretty much uh, <laughs> summarizing uh, the, the iron the th- triangle, exactly the, <laughs> the triple constraint. And um, things always go wrong in a project. Uh, uh, someone gets sick. The, we run into bugs. It's a software. Uh, uh, I'm a software project manager. So and uh, or ang- customers get angry. Uh, the team morale goes down, so it is up to me to keep that morale up and to keep that energy, that light shining. It's not easy. It's not, you know, I'm not, you know, I make mistakes and sometimes I fall into the same trap as my team and I'm, you know, beating mess myself down. But I have to realize and I go back to that, you know, candlelight. I go back to that light mm-hmm. uh, that... You know, we're all in this together. We work as a team. We help each other out and we seek help. Uh, if it's an additional resource or we need to t- have a chat with the client, a hard conversation, then that's what we do. Right on. Okay. Um, 
Has there ever been a time in your career or life where you were you struggled with or that that concept of candlelight was really tested? Um, do you have any stories or any? Oh yeah, points definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, I have two stories. Uh, the the okay. the most difficult one was uh, watching my mom uh, slowly die of cancer. Mm. Um, so I went through whatever they're called the five phases or or so of grief, right? Anger and denial and uh, barter. I don't remember what else. We need to <laughs> acceptance. <laughs> Accept yeah. acceptance is is the last one. <laughs> And I went through all these uh, multiple, you know, in, in one day sometimes, right? Uh, and it's it's hard because you, you know, some people have faith and some people have, you know, believe in, in whatever happens after after death. That's a different, <laughs> probably need another, <laughs> another guest for that topic, Sean, because yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I'll be honest. And, yeah. but, um, you know, it's it's family. You know, my sister and I went through it together. Uh, I were the only two siblings in the family. My well, my dad was. Uh, we went through it with my dad as well, but he was in Lebanon next to my uh, near my mom uh, when that happened. So uh, yeah, so that was a time that where that uh, faith in the candle, you know, in the light, and that mm -hmm. was was really tested. Mm. That's one one example. Um, the other one was, uh, I lost my job several years ago, I want to say five, six years ago, and I was living in San Francisco Bay area and I was unemployed for five months. It was really hard. Um, mm. I was forced to sell my house and, and move. Uh, I had to find a job. Yeah. That's another time where, uh, that belief was tested as well. But in the end, you know, we heal. Uh, we still have memories of my mom. Uh, I think about her uh, this random times, uh, looking at my kid, tending to my garden. Uh, my, my, my youngest son has her middle name, uh, has mm. her name as his middle name. Uh, and then with, with work, uh, things work out. Money goes, it comes back <laughs> slowly. <laughs> right on. Um, do you um so in the i don't want to focus too much on these kind of painful times you know probably you know one a little bit more than another but um what do you think helped you get back on course or what do you think helped you reconnect with positivity or believing that it would pass or work out you know it's uh, it's taken a moment and Take a t I took a moment and started focusing on my breathing. Uh, I don't want to sound like a meditation, but I guess it is. But I breathe. I breathe. That's what gives me pause. Because to switch from darkness to light, I know it can, it's flick of a candle, I guess, a flick of a, of a match uh, does the trick mm -hmm. but in, in reality. But for me, it was to take a break of the noise of, you know, that darkness of just taking a step back and just being mindful. I guess that's the best, that's the best thing I can, I can explain. Uh, okay. Being mindful of everything, being present. Um, it's tough to be present when you're, 
uh, in a dark place, right? You, I have, I have two young kids and, and a, and a 19 year old son and my young kids, you know, require a lot of attention. And when I'm in a dark place, I'm just, it's, it, I can't focus on them. So I have to take a step back, be mindful just to become present when around them and their, and their candle lights, they bring joy to our, to our lives. So, uh, that's what matters. Just remember the things and focus on the things that matter. Right on. And I love that, you know, as a coach so many times, it's connecting with people that sometimes, you know, if you are in the darkness yourself, and I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about when my mom passed, you know, mm -hmm. but here in a second, but when you're sitting in that dark feeling, right, I guess, or that heavy feeling, um, sometimes reminding yourself that there are people around you that need you. And so handling the grief becomes an act of service to be present with your kids is such a powerful motivating force or, you know, searching for that job because after you lost it, because you have to like provide for your family or you have to, you know, doing things in service of others, a lot of times can help be one of those like lights to, to hit the, this metaphor over and over and over again. Um, I love it, Sean. Yeah, absolutely true. So, um, and, and I can totally really like, you know, my mom passed away from complications, a heart um, surgery and probably cancer actually. Like um, she had cancer when I was like in kindergarten and you know, breast cancer and she survived, but that was in the late eighties. And so chemo was really harsh. It really took a hard, she took a hard hit from that and had a lot of health problems after that, but the heart surgery and then like the complications or kidneys fail, like that was a, a roller coaster and, you know, you get perspective in those times, <laughs> you know, when you're talking about grief and, you know, in our family, like it, it she never would have wanted any of the family to like slow down mm -hmm. like you know it's kind of like the show business thing the show must go on uh but like to this day it's really hard to listen to beatles songs that was her like favorite oh, yeah. band and like you don't realize that the beatles are everywhere still you know yeah. even <laughs> but like you're walking to the store and it's like yesterday and you're like trying oh, to like yeah yeah find a closet <laughs> yeah. so, like, people don't see you weep in public and stuff so sure um but, you know, uh, that memory is a sense of joy, you know, uh, also. So it's that bittersweet feeling. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, not to dwell on. on no, no, this is uh, good. Yeah. People, it's... but yeah. Go ahead. No, that's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to say. I'm just listening empathically. I, I definitely relate uh exactly like i'm looking at my son and then i see my dad who also passed away four months after my mom that was that was, that was pretty hard Ugh. um so yeah i see i'm looking at my son he's reading a book and it resembles my dad or you know mm. if, uh, a mannerism that my, one of my other children does that also reminds me of my mom but yeah music is very powerful sean i'm glad you mentioned that and you mentioned the beatles i mentioned the beatles twice in my book a couple songs that my because oh. my cousin used to play uh hmm. that invoked a, a different memory uh but yeah music is is light too uh it's just mm -hmm. uh, it's energy it's it's positivity as well 
hundred percent. Yeah. As a musician and someone that really can really nerd out on like rock music and stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like we're not. There's a song for every mood, for every feeling, and there's a song that can shift you to a mood or any feeling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to remember awesome. a song that uh, was healing for me. Uh, it's a U2 song. Oh. I need to look at my book, my my phone. Um, oh shoot! You can <laughs> edit. You can edit this out, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna keep it in, but I could edit it. Well, okay. Here. No, keep Give it me a in. Keep it in. Keeps it keeps it real. It's just... <laughs> It's not like Sunday Bloody Sunday. Or no, no, no. It's the, uh, the, oh shoot. There's <laughs> there's a ton of U two songs. That's gonna take me a while. Oh well, it will come. It'll to come me. back to you. Yeah, it will come back to me. Right on. Uh, okay. Um, so, I'm curious. Like, being someone that's drawn to the light, you know, uh, I personally believe that we are drawn to other people's light also. And I know that you've been like when we were we're still friends but like when you lived in the bay area um i always admired your uh kind of like positive gregarious nature you know and so I, i'm curious about like you know what do you think how do you look for light in other people right because oh, wow. i imagine you know like nobody wants to be around someone that's constantly in anguish or whatever and, and you know Part of it is reaching out and whatnot, but like when you think of someone that is embodies this philosophy of being the candle or being mm -hmm. the candlelight, um, what what could you how could you maybe suss that out or what do you look for? Wow! So the perfect example is how I met my wife, uh, Liana. Oh. <laughs> so uh, you know, was, uh, was dating happily dating, I guess. But I was looking for that eternal love. Now, if I were to change it around, change the words around, I would say my eternal flame, uh, to use the same metaphor as the candle. And when we met, I just knew, I knew she was the one from day one. Uh, I took it slow because uh, uh, I was cautious, right? You just don't want to get hurt. Uh, right. Yeah, but she had that glowing energy about her and she still does. I still feel the same way about her that I did when we first met. Uh, probably more so now because there's like more that we've built. That relationship means is more meaningful now than it was when we first had a, our first date, right? When you're on your good behavior and everything's supposed to, <laughs> to be perfect. <laughs> right. So yeah, and it's the same thing with friends. That's why we're friends, Sean. Right? We're we, we're alike. Uh, we're positive. We're good people. And these are the types of friends that you and I look for. These are the types of relationship we look for. And uh, I'm I'm proud to call all of my friends. You know, uh, uh, awesome. You know, candles. Right? I, I need to I need to use a different metaphor here. But <laughs> <laughs> right, lanterns in the dark. Lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, has there ever been a time where you're like, I I don't have enough light to help someone else? I think that's an interesting question because hmm. I have a guess on what you might say, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Can you expand on that? Um... So it, it, if, have you ever had to, have you ever tried so much to brighten? Oh, yeah somebody else's life and, oh, yeah. and is there a point where you're like i there's nothing i can do here 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, the candle uh, eventually uh, loses its the wick, right? Or the wax, it melts. So yeah, there are times when I've tried to help uh, a friend. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll protect the, the the innocent here. When you know there was so much I can do, where you know you feel helpless mm -hmm. yourself. You're like, well, I'm trying to help so much, and um, and it's not it's not working, and. In the end, that particular friend uh, was turned out, you know, uh, got out of the darkness. Uh, a, a different light helped them out, right? It wasn't mine. And it's, it's when moments like this, and it, it happens more than we, we, uh, we, we, we think of, uh, it's in moments like this that we realize that we're not always the answer for everything, right? We can't help mm -hmm. the world. I would love to help the world, but you know, helping one person is is pretty amazing uh, and right. and sufficient, uh, and helping one person at a time is 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 wonderful, and helping people in who in turn, helping one person will end up helping others. Um, I managed a amazing program for Cisco when I worked for Cisco my last five years at Cisco, called the Partnership for Lebanon, which uh, mm -hmm. happened to be my home country. But it was a program that was started following uh, Ju the July 2006 war in Lebanon. And its goal was to help rebuild the country. One of the work streams was to bring in interns from Lebanon to uh, San Jose, California, here in the US, mm -hmm. and put them in uh, internships for six months in marketing, engineering, uh, sales, etc., and uh, the goal was to train these interns, a hundred of them, over a period of five years, and then help them re uh, return to Lebanon and help their families. And I remember a friend of mine mm -hmm. saying, "Like, why are you doing this? You're an engineering PM. Why are you in nonprofit? This is going to be a career killer for you." And I said, "Because I'm. I get a chance to help." Um, people and to make it even more amazing to help people from my home country that's that's uh, the best gift i can give back to my my people and he said well you just you're not help uh, i think the same friend asked me like well you're not making a change in lebanon you're just helping 100 interns i said no i'm helping 100 families and they're going to help other people their extended families uh, and in fact, that program was so successful, uh, all but a couple of interns went back to Lebanon. Some, the one, the two that didn't go to Lebanon, uh, didn't return to Lebanon, found positions in in Dubai and Qatar. But they all returned to successful jobs. They were uh, able to financially help their families, and I'm still in touch with them. So um, that. That's wow. uh, yeah. That's a wonderful uh, experience. Yeah, I, I can't. I the ripple effects of that, and maybe like fire now is starting to become like a weird metaphor for this. This is especially here in California, and I know Colorado <laughs> too, where where you're based out of. Just like everything catching, but um, yeah, but like the the ripple effects, um. I can I imagine only make your candle shine brighter. This is <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. It sounds funny. Yeah. Um so uh, I know that you mentioned that your your mom and you had family members that kind of influenced you. Are there 
like a couple more people that influenced you on how you view being positive and how being that that bright shining light for others oh definitely uh, other than my parents my sister my wife my children <laughs> i mean i can name all my friends right who've uh mm. in their way have been a positive influence in my life uh, i've had amazing teachers uh, i had uh, my english professor in college nushi i had my um international student director maureen who's been wonderful she's been a candlelight for all us international students who were away from home um, in a foreign country, in a foreign place. Uh, uh, yeah, she's she's been wonderful. So there are numerous people. I acknowledge most of them in, in the back of my <laughs> book. Um, <laughs> and I, of course, dedicated it to my, my family. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so these people are around and I'm excited to to meet more people who are uh, positive in my life. I'm, I'm planning to to live a little longer than the 50 years. I'm turning 50 uh, this uh, September. Yeah. Wow. Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my back feels it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I'll be 40 in November. Awesome. So catch, catching up. Yes, um, I remember 40. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I have my own like aches and pains where I'm like, I, I'm not 20 anymore. You exactly. Know, that that mindset. So, uh, okay. So I, I shifting gears a little bit um, from all the amazing people that that you know, and, and yeah, what really comes through too is the the gratitude for the people in your life that you've met. Kind of probably going back to that community focus that you you grew up with. You mm -hmm. know. And I love that. Like, I use the phrase, we're all in this together all the time. And you mentioned that before too. And that really like stuck out in my head. But um, if you had someone that was kind of, and again, this question might be awkward, um, but like, you know, if you were just getting started and trying to share goodness, to share, you know, your your light, your, your, your good in the world, do you have like two or three different things that maybe you would start with and advising maybe like um some people you're mentoring or your kids or like what, what would be like the two to three things you would say to start doing um regularly in order to to um be that positive force in the world sure i i, I try to practice two things one is listening uh it's 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 a very difficult skill in communication because we tend to listen to our own voice but not others right <laughs> yeah. so it is taking the time to listen uh, sometimes listening i uh, forgot what it's called passive listening right where you're not you or you're just basically acknowledging that you're listening without um chiming in another thing that that i practice every day as well with uh, probably more so with my children is i right before they go to bed i ask them what they're thankful for uh what did they mm. enjoy about the day and what they didn't right what was if there's something that's bothering them we have to acknowledge the positive and we also have to learn from the negative uh to avoid it or to do something different right uh so that's mm. these are the two things that i that i try to uh, emulate and and practice myself okay um and this 
next question, which I think is pretty interesting too, is like if you had to advise people that are pretty upbeat, pretty positive, um, how would you advise them to get to the next level of sharing and spreading their their goodness out in the world? And this I, one, this question yeah. always gets yeah. people to think. No, so this I'm is this is a good it. question. You know, I wish I had the answer, Sean. I'm I'm not a guru. Uh, not oh, yet, no. not yet. <laughs> um, I, I'd like to find out about their experience and how, how they became positive, similar to how what you're asking me, I want to learn from them because I have a lot to learn. I have a lot to grow. It's not always positive. It's not, I'm not always, you know, Mr. Positivity. I, most of the time I am, but I'd like to maybe not be in that, uh, uh, that that level all the time. I think it's impossible. You go crazy probably. But to learn to 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 switch from dark to light faster, right? Because sometimes things happen and and you're in this dark place longer than you than you wish. And in hindsight, you realize you know that you didn't need to stay in that state of mind. That you could have been, you could have easily gotten out of it. So, like as I mentioned earlier. I, my what I do works for me and it may work for others, but I'd like to know what other people do when they're faced with catastrophes or, you know, death or sickness and loss of, of work uh, or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't have to be that catastrophic, right, to get us in a, in a bad mood. It doesn't have to be total darkness. Uh, what do they do to get out of it? I think if we had that ability to learn from each other to be the candlelight uh i think the world would be uh, better right on um yeah i, I absolutely love that I, I i and i keep you mentioned the word learning a bunch of times and i think that's so key to um just being happy right like i don't know anyone that's ever been happy that has been shut down from learning, right? So Absolutely. if you're shut down from learning, you're miserable. Because um, there's always something you can learn. There's always something amazing or wonderful going on, or there's always a different perspective um, that can make things seem a little bit more manageable in my humble observation and experience. So, um, you know, you know, for me, like, being the annoying optimist I am and <laughs> have been in uh, corporate environments as an engineer. Like, you know, I'm, I was always the guy that's like, happy Monday, guys. And everyone's like, oh, God, this guy, you know. Um, and, and for me, it was just having like the, a sense of fun, you yeah. know, um, and then having the agency to say, like, I can choose how I feel in the moment, you know. Um, and sometimes it's a lot harder to do that and not, not to like, stuff feelings down but like sure. i can feel miserable and joyful at the same time and be that weird kind of mess and i believe other people can too but um i mean have you found that for yourself or i, I guess i'm curious if <laughs> it's just a weird thing that i do or um no absolutely i mean uh, and i know I, I know about your career as well and how you've transformed yourself and and seeked light outside the corporate world right and mm -hmm. i'm happy for you and um 
I've done that too. <laughs> I, um, after my parents both passed away four months apart, I did some soul searching. I uh, just wanted to do something different. So I quit my job. It was a comfortable job. And I decided to open my own business. And, and, and I know you've been to my market in, in Walnut Creek. Uh, it was something market. crazy that everybody thought I was crazy to do, but I've learned so much from it. It wasn't easy. Uh, it, it wasn't, I, I wasn't making the same amount of money I was making when I worked mm -hmm. in the corporate world, but I was my own boss, uh, which was wonderful. Um, and then eventually I sold the business and, and went back to the corporate world where, when I was ready to do so, um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but, uh, uh Oh no! Like that—that that, I know why you brought up Malarkey Market because yeah. I remember having conversations with you in your backyard. Where I'm like, "Hey, how are things going?" Is like, I'm learning a lot, and like I'm worried about you know paying all the bills and stuff, but it'll work out. But and it did usually, like, it did. at least it did. outwardly. Like um, it seemed like I could I could sense there was a little bit of tension, and then it was like, okay, but. Yeah, and it's similar to work. Like I'm, I'm as a project manager. I also manage a team of project managers. There's always there's there are always problems, and there will always be there will always be problems in life, right? It's never mm -hmm. always bright and shiny and rosy, right? It's uh, otherwise you'd yeah. go crazy. It's probably not probably not healthy for it to be always good. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask a psychologist about that. But yeah, there are challenges in life. But it's knowing that I have always emerged out of these situations, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, sure, with scars, definitely. Uh, some deeper than others, but <laughs> we always emerge. Yeah, you mentioned yep. Larky Market. There were days where two of my refrigerators stopped working and I needed to move my deli meat to where I uh, put the beer and I also need to sell beer. So I would stick the beer in the freezer, but take them out and put them back in the freezer <laughs> so they don't freeze, but they stay cold. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine like, yeah. Yeah. You know, you just kind of have to roll with the punches at that time, but like, Again, that that idea of, you know, how can you make the experience as positive as possible, make the best of it, I think is a, uh, again shows the resilience, and the the like okay like got knocked down, you know, have to figure out how to keep everything not spoiled so that the business can go forward and doesn't cost you, sure. um, pretty pretty amazing. So, um, okay, so. Um, Getting close to wrap up. I'm curious, do you have any habits uh, for keeping your purpose or mission focused and connected to that every day, every week or every month? Habits to stay focused. Um, to stay purposeful. Purposeful. And, and, yeah. Hmm. You know, it's in everything I do, uh, in particular with my kids. I really find spending time with them. They're, you know, they're mm -hmm. just wonderful angels i'm going to use different metaphor so i don't keep saying candlelight but they're wonderful <laughs> angels and mm -hmm. their their outlooks children's outlook on life is much healthier than adults outlook on life because they're just 
they just want to learn and play and have fun and smile and just just be happy and i think being surrounded by my kids is very is very invigorating it's very healing um uh, yeah i'm trying to think of other things i do um, yeah. you know just being around people who are like me uh who are are positive uh, is is something that i try to to do as well and staying connected with with friends even when they're far like yourself in the bay area <laughs> yeah my invitation yeah. still stands by the way you need to come visit oh yes yes <laughs> we are still trying to sort out all the travel stuff there's so sure. much backup stuff so um we appreciate that ashley and i um anything else that you do um to keep connected to your meaning or purpose um because um, I'm, I'm i'm assuming based on this conversation one of the purposes you probably connect with is sharing this idea of positivity uh, of moving things forward of um resilience the, the kind of things that we we talked about as candlelight yeah you know i also i read the news but i try not to read too much of the negative news because it's mostly negative i mean i'm gonna mm. say 90 percent is depressing or bad so i try to look at the positive news and there are outlets um uh, i read most of my news on my phone in my in my very little spare yeah. time but i try and focus on these little stories uh and some of them that are you know very simple but they're very neat and they're nice to share so i try to focus on these things I don't watch much TV uh, other than the occasional sporting events here and there. <laughs> my my wife yeah. probably disagrees with me. She probably thinks I watch more than I think I do. <laughs> but I'm the one being interviewed, not her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Maybe we'll have her on later um, uh -oh. next time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Um, and being active uh, i should be more active than i am i think that's that's an important thing that i that i forgot about mm. mental state is very critical but it's connected to your physical state your physical health so mental health and physical health are very interconnected um, there's a saying in arabic that goes like this al salim fil jism salim which means a healthy mind exists in a healthy body and it's mm. true and vice versa so keeping to a exercise routine i have here in my office a, a pull-up machine i can i don't want to turn oh. and i have a boxing um bag i don't use the boxing bag as much but i have a pull-up machine and a and a machine the same machine where i can do some dips uh, so i do that uh, not as often as i can i go for walks and run or run and walks i'm trying to get back into shape but it helps it's just clears mm -hmm. the mind uh, you're just you and you're in nature, you and the machine, and it's, it keeps you mindful and it helps with, with my mood. Um, and then, and of course, if I'm in a good mood, I'm going to go for a walk. So it helps uh, break that cycle or it creates a new cycle. Uh, that's, it's all interrelated. Oh, right on. Yeah. Like, and I think too, at the beginning of our discussion, you mentioned doing deep breaths through those kind of tough times. Is again a way to change your state physically to impact how you're feeling, or to, 
impact yeah. how you're thinking too. Like it's all yeah, sad. Absolutely. It's tough sometimes to be sitting in front of a computer screen and to to take a moment and start breathing. So I, I'm fortunate that I get to work from home and I have a wonderful garden. That's where I find my Zen, as you mentioned at the beginning of the story. So I walk out. I have chickens in my backyard too. So I go check out the chickens, <laughs> see if they laid any eggs. And it's just nice. People have pets and they and they they have healing powers as well. I have children, I have my wife, and you know, I have my garden. Uh, and I'm lucky to live in this beautiful state of Colorado in, in, in the winter as well as in the summer in all four seasons. We have four seasons here. I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> you, can, you can connect to, uh, to nature. Yeah, that I think is super important too. So, um, all right, Majid, like I'm super grateful that we had this conversation. Um, again, I love your book. And I'm looking forward to finishing it now that I, I'll have a little bit of time Sounds good. Um, after everything's slowed down. So I'll, I'll hit you up on detailed thoughts after it. But I've absolutely loved everything I've read so far. Um, what is the best way for the good folks to follow up with you or to find your book? Sure. I'm on Twitter. I'm not very active. I'm fairly new. But um, uh, you can go to bethecandlelight.com. And uh, you can buy my book, uh, Candlelight, by on Amazon. And it's available there. All right. I'll have those links below in the show notes. Um, this has been really super fantastic, my man. I'm so, again, grateful for your friendship and for you uh, doing the, the interview today. So Thanks, Sean. What a great episode with Majid. Now, the ideas of that we can be resilient, that we can find community to help each other out in times of difficulty, that we can be the source of good that helps others get through hardship or helps us get through hardship is super powerful. So again, I just want to remind you uh, that what Majid said as the takeaways are to just be present with loved ones, to build your community of positive folks and to be active. And again, if you want to be around a community of people that will inspire you, will cheer you on, please check out the community.seanbutner.com below this episode. We'd love to cheer you on and we'd love to see you and ask any questions or if you have something that, that was really helping you, we'd love to celebrate that. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it's all up to us to be the positive force out in the world. And I think that's the underlying message today. That's what I'm taking away. So with that, folks, uh, we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with three folks and have them look up the Meaningful Revolution podcast on Apple to rate and leave a, a comment. I just want to highlight one of the comments that we have received already where... Um, one of these viewers said that um, they're so glad to have clicked on this a down-to-earth yet powerful podcast provides much needed inspiration to our lives can't wait to listen to them all just really i'm super thankful the there's another comment about insightful guests with great knowledge to share love this podcast i'm loving the energy guys so if you haven't already subscribe and if you have please share this again with three people uh, and have them leave a comment we'll highlight them at the end of the episodes as we go on from here so with that we'll see you on the next episode of 
the Meaningful Revolution, where we'll talk about wellness. See you then, folks.